This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast Debate Breakdown Special. The first presidential debate of the 2020 season is in the books. It's got, it's got a lot of people talking, and we're going to get right into it. This was the highly anticipated first presidential debate between Donald Trump representing the Republican Party and Joe Biden representing the Democratic Party. A lot of speculation on how this debate was going to go. A lot of people did expect the president to come out on the offensive, which he did. We're going to get into that. Uh, a lot of people were, were speculating how Joe Biden would handle the president's debate style. On this podcast, we, we are just going to break down the first debate. The format of the show is going to be a little different from our regular scheduled broadcast because this show is all about a breakdown of the first debate. We're going to talk debate strategy. We're going to talk about who said what, what was said, and we're going to just talk about the overall fl uh, flow, the forum, and <laughs> the reaction to it. So. Like I said, the highly anticipated first presidential debate of 2020, and we got this. It was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. That was the worst debate I have ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even a debate. It was a disgrace. Um, and it's primarily because of President Trump. You use some high-minded language. I'm just going to say it like it is. That was a shit show. That clip courtesy of the good people at CNN. That was their thorough um, journalistic, uh, high-minded, high-worded um, explanation of what they witnessed in the first presidential debate. Let's talk debate strategy. And since the President Trump went first, the President Trump, since President Trump went first, went first on last night's debate, we will start with President Trump first. Debate strategy. A debate is almost like it's basically like a fight. It's one on one. A presidential debate. One on one is you versus your opponent. You have to come in with a strategy. What am I going to attack him on? What is my offensive strategy? What is my defensive strategy? For the president, it was fairly simple. He wanted to come in and he wanted to attack. He wanted to be the bully, which he was. He wanted to unsettle Joe Biden, which he did. He wanted to dominate the conversation, which he did. He wanted to not only bully Joe Biden, but bully the moderator, Chris, Chris Wallace, which he did. Right. He wanted to dominate the conversation. He wanted to over talk. It's basically the Fox News strategy. You get your point across by talking the loudest, by over talking the other person, 
by not allowing the person to get their point across. And any time they attack you, just say that's a lie. Right. That's the strategy. President Trump. What is going on with my. Okay, there we go. President Trump. Technical difficulties here on the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. President Trump does not want to talk about the pandemic. Right. He don't want to talk about that because he's done a horrible job handling that. Over 200,000 dead. He didn't take it seriously. He said months, months ago, he said by the summer, when the weather gets warm, it would magically go away. Well, it's almost fall. Summer's came and gone. It didn't magically go away. He said it would, it would magically disappear. He said, you know, no, no big deal. Right. He downplayed it and he handled it poorly. He does not want to talk about the pandemic. He does not want to talk about race relations in America. People rioting in the street. The nation uh, split on race. All these riots happening. All these police officers killing all these black folks and not being punished for it. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. He does not want to talk about that. He don't want to talk about his tax returns. This story broke Earlier in the week, um, in 2016 and 2017, as reported by the New York Times, which is a very reputable journalistic outlet, it's being reported that President Trump only paid $750 in taxes. This man is supposed to be wealthy. He's supposed to be a billionaire. He owns many different corporations. And they are reporting that he only paid $750 in 2016 and 17 in income taxes, not $750,000. $750. All right. All right. Some of my listeners, y'all got y'all, y'all got bags that cost more than that. $750 in income taxes. That's all right. Now, he says that's a lie. Um he will he prove that's a lie? Well, in order to do that, He'll have to show his tax returns, which is something he has not done in nearly four years. Every time somebody asks for his tax returns, he says he's going through an audit and they're not ready yet. Well, you don't go through an audit for four years. All right. This is a so-called billionaire. This is a man of wealth. He don't get his taxes done by H&R Block. He don't get his taxes done by somebody he found on Instagram. He don't get his taxes done in somebody's basement. He don't get his taxes done by somebody's cousin that's a CPA and that'll, you know, hook him up for a good price. He gets his taxes done by a large corporate auditing firm. I'm not sure which one. You can do the research yourself. He gets his taxes done by a major corporation and it does not take them four years. May it take, you know, it could take a little time. Four years is ridiculous. It takes nobody four years to get their taxes done. All right. He just don't want to show people, the public, his tax returns because he's hiding something. Well, according to the New York Times, you know, they they may have blew the lid on what one of the things he's been hiding. So that was President Trump's strategy to bully the debate, to dominate the conversation to hit on the points, only hit on the points that he wants to hit on, avoid the pandemic, avoid race relations, avoid your taxes at all costs. If somebody calls you on it, 
just get loud, get rude, say it's a lie, call them fake news and, and tell everybody what <laughs> how you're doing such a great job as being president. Now, let's go on to Joe Biden. His strategy should have been because I don't know what his strategy was. His strategy should have been to talk to the American people. Don't talk to Donald Trump. You cannot win a war of words with Donald Trump. Right. You do not want to go back and forth exchanging insults with Donald Trump for an hour and a half. That's what he wants you to do. Because now that's an hour and a half wasted and we really didn't have to talk about anything of any political substance. Right. Joe Biden's strategy should have been to talk to the people, talk about your policies, talk about your rules and regulations, talk about the, the damn near 50 years you spent in government. If Trump attacks you on your voting record, you should have prepared responses to defend that. He should have known the, 90, the 1994 crime bill was coming. He should have known that was coming. And again, this show, I'm not uh, defending one candidate over the other. This show is to break down what happened in the debate, not really to take one side over the other. Uh, If you listen to the debate, make your mind up for yourself. I'm sure you got your own opinion. Hit me up on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge underneath the flyer. But this show, share your ideas. Let's keep it going. So Joe's strategy should have been to talk to the people, ignore the president, ignore his insults. Don't let him knock you off your square. Talk to the people and say, hey, this is my policy for race relations. This is my policy for the pandemic. This is my policy for the economy. This is how I'm a, you know, hail America. Right. Bring people together. This is how I'm going to fix things. Talk to the people. Talk to the camera. Don't get suckered in. In an exchange of insults with the president, right? That's his strategy. And I would say that it seemed to work pretty well. Let's just call it like it is. Let's call it straight down the middle. Joe Biden was not very sharp last night. I know it's the first debate. Some people uh, have put out there, well, maybe that, you know, because of the way last night's debate went, maybe there won't be any more. Uh, you know, I, I don't think. It'll go down that way. They'll I think they'll do their um, three scheduled debates. Joe Biden was not very sharp. He was fumbling over his words. He misspoke several times. He looked like he was having trouble remembering what he wanted to say. All right. It, it, it made him look feeble minded. Right. At times he looked feeble minded. He looked like he, he couldn't remember what he wanted to say. He couldn't get his words together. He didn't know what he wanted to say. Every time he tried to respond, he would, he would stumble over his words. I mean, he, you know, he, you know, Joe Biden really looked like grandpa up, up there on the stage trying to trying to remember trying to well, like, well, what, what am I supposed to say now? Oh, oh, yeah. That's how he looked. He did not look sharp last night. He didn't look sharp. He didn't look sharp. Him and Trump are, you know, both over the age of 70. But, hey, Trump was sharp. He was sharp. He didn't fumble. The, he, he didn't have a mush mouth. He didn't fumble and bumble his words. He said a lot of things that weren't true. But he stuck to his strategy and he attacked. And Joe Biden, he spent a lot. He's Joe Biden spent too much time laughing and giggling. You, you can't do that with Donald Trump. You can't let Donald Trump dominate the conversation while you laugh and snicker. All right. You got to get in there and you got to be on the if you're going to get in there with him, you got to be in, get in there and get on the get on the offensive. 
If you're going to get in there and debate with him, if you're going to have an exchange with him, you have to be sharp and you have to be on the offensive. You just can't. You, the, now is not the time to be meek. Now is not the time to show weakness. Now is not the time to show, you know, how much dignity and, and pride and, and how much decorum you have. Now is the time to get in there and debate. All right. Why, why you laughing and giggling and, and, you know, you're following all the rules. Trump is dominating the conversation. He's dominating the narrative. He's over speaking you. There were plenty of times where you couldn't even. He just overspoke Joe Biden and the commentator. Right. He dominated the room. This is not a Trump endorsement, but that's what happened last night. Let's just call it like it is. Uh, if Joe Biden is um, going to want to have better performances in the next two scheduled presidential debates, and I say scheduled because these could happen and they could not happen. You know, stranger things have happened in 2020. He's going to have to be sharper and he's going to have to be more aggressive and he's going to have to stick to his points and he's going to have to ignore the president and speak to the people. One of the things that got brought up last night during debate that was very interesting is that the, the president keeps pushing this narrative that the election is rigged and is rigged against him. He keeps pushing this narrative that mail-in ballots are a scam. It's something that's been, you know, orchestrated by the Democratic Party to undermine his presidency and steal the election from him even though mail-in ballots have been a thing ever since you know long than i've been alive right people have been using mail-in ballots for for centuries i mean decades sorry but sometimes you know he's pushing this narrative that the mail-in ballots is a setup they're trying to steal the election from him and he he you know he believes that they could be counting mail-in ballots for months and months and months which is odd um, the election is five weeks away and he thinks they're going to be counting ballots for months and months and months, which means he doesn't intend on con if it comes out that he loses. He doesn't plan on conceding or leaving the White House for several months after the election because he says this is a scam and it may take months. He didn't months, plural, to count all these ballots and the system is rigged against him. And that he hopes that he could take this to the Supreme Court. And um, he did just nominate a Republican Supreme Court justice. He hopes he could take it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would 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 sort this thing out in his favor. He's been putting that out there for months and he put it out there last night. He put it out there that the election is rigged and it's rigged against him. And, you know, if he wins, everything's going to be fine. But if he loses, ooh, it's a con job. We could we hmm. Let me take a few months to sort this out, guys. May have to go to the Supreme Court and get a ruling on this. Um, you know, <laughs> May, <laughs> which is odd. Like, no votes have been counted yet. So he's already saying, if I lose, the election was stolen from me. And he also went on to say um, that, hey, things could get really bad if I lose. If they steal this election, meaning if I lose because the election was stolen, things could get really scary out there. Now, I was hoping Chris Wallace, the moderator, which, by the way, is the only person on Fox News with any shred of journalistic in integrity. But even sometimes he gets on some BS. But I was hoping Chris Wallace would pin him down on that. 
being a journalist and say, well, what do you expound on that? What do you mean by that? Things could get really scary in the streets. Things could get really bad out there. Um, if the mail-in ballots don't don't go your way, how, explain that. Right. That's a really vague, vague term, which some people can interpret as a dog whistle. What do you mean by that? Things can get really bad out there. You got to explain that one. I mean, this is the presidential debate. You have two candidates. This is your time to talk directly to the American people on what you are going to do in the next four years as president. Now is not the time to be vague. Now is not the time to throw out catchphrases. Now is not the time to talk about something where nobody knows what you mean. Now is the time to keep it plain. To talk simply as possible. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? What is your plan? What do you stand for? What do you stand against? What can we expect from you as president of the United States? It's not rocket science, guys. Okay? This is who I am. This is my platform. This is what I'm about. You got to break it down like that. Another point to be taken from last night's debate that, that has everybody talking is the tone of the debate. All right? People talking, well, mostly the president, interrupting, talking over each other, insults, right? Not really staying um, within the constraints of the time, but really not even staying on topic, right? Anytime somebody says something you disagree with, they just say, oh, that's a lie, right? Both sides, both sides were doing that instead of really pressing upon their points, right? Logic, fact, common sense. Make your point, break down the facts, have people do their own homework. All right. This is what I'm saying. And this is how this is my proof to back it up. These men. Should have been prepared for this moment. They have should have, they both should have been prepared for each other. This is a presidential debate. This ain't just I'm a, you know, roll out, roll out of bed, run to the office and just wing it and see how it goes. No. No, 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 no. This goes back to strategy. Remember, this is one on one. What's my offense? What's my defense? What's my game plan? Right. President Trump. Really, really, he knocked Joe Biden off his square. You could tell Joe Biden was unsettled. <laughs> All right. He told the president to shut up. He called him a clown. <laughs> you know, a lot of things. He, he just tried to laugh off because, um. President Trump got under his skin last night, which was part of President Trump's strategy. He wanted to get under his skin. That's his debate style. Remember, President Trump is not a lifelong politician. He doesn't play by the same rules as everybody else. All right. There's supposed to be these these unwritten rules of etiquette and and, you know, decorum and and, and, and class. Well, all he throws all that out the window. Only thing he wants to do is win. And if you're going to beat him. You, you gotta you gotta be sharp you gotta be aggressive you gotta have a game plan and stick to it all right i don't understand why joe biden he raised the issue of his taxes he raised the issue of COVID 19 he raised the issue of race relations in america but he really didn't pin him down on it all right he really didn't he, he really didn't force the president to defend his policies and previous comments he's made on those issues things he's done on those issues joe biden would would bring it up you know the, the president was raised would raise his voice insult him and they change and then change the subject another th one th another thing i really didn't or 
I'm not going to say I didn't like one thing that seemed a little odd about Biden's demeanor was how soft spoken he was. It was like he was just soft spoken. He just seemed soft spoken and meek and he just allowed the president. <clears throat> Pardon me, guys. He just allowed the president to over talk him and bully him. All right. He just had this, you know, like the soft old, you know, grandpa voice like oh let me just you know let me give you some wisdom and tell you some facts and president trump would come in and bully him and he just back down and giggle and put his head down and wouldn't say nothing I'm like, well, y'all, okay all right i would expect him to be a little bit more feisty than that but hey you know i thought that to be a little odd but it was what it was like i said he should have known the 94 crime bill was coming um i did not hear an adequate an adequately prepared rebuttal for his role played in the 94 crime bill he really didn't have an answer for that he he, he really didn't he kind of just shrugged it off and was like ah well you know <laughs> one of those things which is okay interesting it's interesting how on the republican side um racism doesn't exist and until it helps them right Black folks, we've been yelling and screaming about the 1994 crime bill since 1994. Nobody wants to acknowledge it. But in 2020, in a presidential debate, if it helps a, a Republican candidate, oh, yeah, that not that racist 94 crime bill. Woo. <laughs> Wasn't that a disaster? So, OK. So you knew about it the whole time. And to be fair, there were plenty of Republicans um, in Congress, in the Senate, in 1994, who did nothing to stop that crime bill. So that's just. It is what it is. So let's not put it all on one party. Um, I've said before, maybe not on this broadcast, um, in my previous work, Hypocrisy in America, the Veil of White Supremacy, available on Amazon.com. I got a whole section talking about politics, guys, and I pretty much break down how Republicans and Democrats, uh, when it comes to upholding the system of white supremacy, are two fangs on the same snake. You can pick that up on Amazon.com or the Amazon Kindle for more detailed explanation and let's get to the moment that everybody is talking about that took place on the debate stage last night we criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out antifa and other left-wing extremist groups but are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Are you prepared to to specifically do it? I I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right wing. So what are you? What are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right. All right. Stand down and stand by. <laughs> We talked about Antifa. We talked about the Proud Boys. We, we did that whole breakdown on this show maybe two or three episodes ago. Dig into the archives. Go two or three episodes back. I, I broke that. I broke down the Proud Boys. We talked about Antifa. We broke that whole thing down right here on this broadcast. Here's the deal. 
The president of the United States was given an opportunity on national television to condemn white supremacist groups. He would not do it. He just said, stand down, and stand by, stand by guys, because, you know, there's an election in five weeks and um, I might need you guys, depending on how things go. You know, if it looks like I'm losing, ooh, well, somebody somebody's got to defend us against our Antifa <laughs> and the far left. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse, are you available? This president openly endorses and supports systematic racism, white supremacy and white supremacist groups. It's not up for debate. It's not controversial. It's not a conspiracy. It's not blackity black talk. It's not something I'm making up for clickbait. It's not something I'm making up to sell books. It's not something I am making up to try to get streams. It's truth. Okay. It's truth. I mean, how much more proof do you need? If you need more proof, you just don't want you just don't want to believe the proof. Nobody's making him say this. Nobody is making him say white supremacist groups that marched in Charlottesville saying what tiki choices saying Jews will not replace us, you know, beating up black folks, pulling guns on them, uh, running over people and they (laughs) and they dodge challenges. Nobody, nobody is making him say that, you know, mighty fine people on both sides. All right. We can take it all the way back to when he put out that million dollar ad to try to murder the Central Park Five. He wanted the Central Park Five to get the death penalty. It was proven that they didn't commit the crime. He never apologized. Right. This isn't new, guys. Hell, he got his foot in the game because of the whole birther movement. Remember that? President Barack Obama is a secret Muslim. <laughs> he was born in Africa, which really means he's not a United States citizen, which really means he's le- technically he's really not president. So technically, the first black president in the United States really isn't president because he wasn't. Bo- he's a secret Muslim that wasn't born here. So he's really not the president. All right. But let us not be dismayed. Reactions from the first presidential debate across the board. Everybody was a bit confused. (laughs) And uh, I mean, hey, man, what more can I say? What more can I say? I I don't know who you think won, who you think lost, who you're pulling for. This was just the debate breakdown. I'm going to do a special show every time they have a debate. We're going to go in on who said what hit on the hot topics. I'm not going to hold you guys too long. This has been the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Well, everybody thought the debate was a little off. Except for one person. I thought the uh, debate last night was great. We've gotten tremendous reviews on it. Uh, we're hitting what people want, a uh, law and order, which Biden was unable to even talk about because it lose the radical left, his radical left, left uh, followers. I don't- this has been a special presentation of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. You can catch this podcast on, the, on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. Catch you next time, guys. Tell a friend. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Stream. Buy a book. Thanks for listening took the words out of my mouth um you use some high-minded language i'm just gonna 
say it like it is. That was a shit show.